You're listening to Sisters on the Mic the show that brings you the best information to help you unlock and discover your greatness. Thanks for taking the time to spend with us today. I'm one of three of your hosts. My name is Nikki. I'm Antoinette. And I'm Olivia. And today we will be talking about self-love with our special guest, Nikki Washington. Nikki currently resides in Dallas, Texas, and has successfully labored as a leader within the Christian community, both nationally and abroad. She has received several awards and scholarships as well as a business leadership honor. She currently holds a BA in religious studies with a concentration in biblical counseling as well as an MA in the same field of study. Nikki shares the message of hope and self-worth to youth and unmarried adults alike. Welcome to the show, Nikki. We are so excited to have you. Happy, I'm excited to be here. This is so, so exciting for me. I'm so, so happy that you agreed to come on the show, Nikki. Even though I told people a lot about you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Just a little sure. bit more? Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> you know, every time I hear my bio, I'm almost like, me? <laughs> like, <"Bro." laughs> uh, well, my name, as you said, is Nikki Washington. I have been in ministry for over 20 years. Oh, my goodness, doesn't feel like that gets that long. But licensed, ordained, uh, went to seminary, graduated from seminary. And I did all that to realize that the answer is still Jesus, right? So you do all Amen. this to discover that like without him, none of the stuff that we do or none of the resume really matters. So at the end of the day, I like to say I'm a woman who loves God, who loves people. And I try to purpose my life to live a life of proving it. So in a nutshell, that's who I am. I love my friends. I'm a writer. I'm an advocate, a cheerleader, all things hype woman, you know, all that good stuff. I'm sorry. So I have, I, I, I know that when we first spoke, you had so much great information. And um, so we just, we, I mean, both of us, all of us, including yourself, we were like, we got to tell people about you and about the self-love thing and exactly, you know, everything that, all the information that we have to offer. So let me just throw some questions out there for you. Sure. sure. How do I actualize the plan of God in my life? And what do we do to not to, to like to fulfill it? Sure, sure. That is a loaded question. First of all, we could be here all day. Uh, there's so many books when you think about purpose driven life and all the different books that give us roadmaps to how to navigate these things. It's a big question. But in part, I really believe it's a matter of and as, as simple and as deep as it might sound at the same time. It really is fundamentally about knowing who we are in God. The Bible says when you know your God, you'll do great exploits. Right. So I think in the, in the least common denominator, it's knowing who we are in God. And then out of the abundance of that, we begin to actualize our purpose. So for me, I, I realized early on in life that I wouldn't be able to navigate any kind of road without the roadmap. It's kind of like uh, being in a mall. You know how you're looking for your store? Like, I don't know what your store is, but let's say your store is, you know, H&M or whatever. And you're looking at this big map. In order to get to H&M, you first have to see where you are in relation to where you're going. So I am here and I have to get there. I believe it's the same way with God. So whether it's spiritual uh, practices like fasting, I'm a proponent of fasting, like prayer, I'm a proponent of prayer, like intercession for uh, other people. I believe that when you intercede for other people, that God blesses you and shows you some stuff about you that you didn't know. Hello. And so I believe all of these things work to basically cultivate a relationship like any relationship, just like with our spouses, with our children. I'm not married yet. My future spouse, I'm speaking this thing. <laughs> so, Amen. Amen. Like, with, your spouse, <laughs> with your child, with your sister, 
there's relationship cultivator, right? You sit with each other, you talk to each other, you learn from each other, just being in the presence. So I believe in being in the presence of God, applying those spirit, applying excuse me, those spiritual principles, and then a practical way, doing our due diligence, knowing that faith without works is dead, meaning we actually take steps because this is what I think I'm hearing. God, please refine my hearing. God, please show me if this is the right course. Um, writing down what you hear, whether it's journaling, whether it's vision board, I'm a proponent of whatever gets you there. I read a, um, a meme the other day that it said, <laughs> it says, Sis, don't buy the calendar. You ain't going to use it this year. <laughs> but what they were <laughs> They were saying, I, I felt them though, y'all, because what they were saying is whatever works for you, do uh -huh. that thing in a practical uh -huh. way. Now we know when it comes to spirituality, it's whatever the word dictates, but whatever in a practical way, some people don't, don't get off on vision boards. Some people don't get off on journaling. Some people you can buy a planner and at the end of the year, that planner is blank. Uh -huh. Whatever practical steps you know work for you and your personality, start to implement those things so that you can have a map of course. And then God, here's what I believe you're saying to me. Please give me revelation on how to actualize this vision and show me what to do. And I have never, ever asked him that question and him not giving me some kind of reply in return. I believe he's a faithful God and that includes being faithful to his word. Yeah, that's, that's so good. How do we know that a, a strategy or tool works or does not work for us? Right, right. That's a good question. I think it, it boils down to uh, the same way in math, the same way we know a math problem is accurate or not. Right. I think we solve and we look at proven track records. So they say in psychology, the best way to pre predict a past behavior, I mean, a future behavior is past behavior. Right. The same can be said for the way that we map it out. I think the best way you can really understand if your strategy is proven is, is there a history of, of uh, it actually working in the past? Is there a history of, you know, this has been proven. I, um, I've gotten heavily into stocks lately. And so I've been like, all right, God, because I understand that, that there are different ways that that God blesses his people. And if the wealth of the wicked is laid out for the just, I've come for everything God said is mine. Right. So I've really been investing, really been trying hard to understand the stock market. And sometimes it feels a little lofty and over my head. But I remember I had my mentor say one thing to me. The best way you can predict where the stock market is going is by doing a technical analysis of what has happened in the past. So I think likewise, it is the same with tools. We are not, there's nothing new under the sun. So even though it might be new to us, there's a proven track record for um, journaling. There's a proven track record for writing a vision and making it plain. There's a proven track record for really speaking those things and, and faith coming by hearing. So in doing that, you'll start to see, okay, if he did it before, shout out to Ty, he could do it again. There's a proven <laughs> track record that these things work. So I'm a proponent of writing, of seeing, of speaking, and seeing what has happened before. And it doesn't mean that just because you haven't seen it before doesn't mean that it can't happen uh, in a different way. Because I also want to be open to God speaking in a different way in different seasons. So really uh, making sure that what you are trying to do is aligned with the word of God, because if it is, then you know it's going to happen. So I understand um, and we're practicing, of course, Christianity. But when it comes to the self-care, the self-love, the purpose and all of that stuff, um, as Christians, mm -hmm. do you feel like that sometimes we miss that mark because sometimes that we're always like, OK, God can handle it. Mm -hmm. it's, it's God, God can do it. Like, yeah. I'm not going to do the things that I need to do to take care of me. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. I think Christians oftentimes wrestle with not wanting to be or appear selfish, if we're honest. Um, and then also, too, when we hear the scripture about, you know, in the last days, men will be lovers of themselves. That's not really what they <laughs> talk about, but I got you. So I think a lot of times we have Christians that feel like, and especially as women, too, and if you're a mother, you feel selfish, taking time oh, yeah. for yourself, caring mm-hmm. for yourself, all mm-hmm. those things. But I really, like you said it so eloquently in how we said in our other conversation, um, self-care is a form of self-love. And you can't, I can't be any loving to you more than I can love myself first. You have to be able to love yourself from a whole and pure place. Otherwise, how can I say I love you and I don't even love what I'm giving to you? You know what I mean? So I think in simplest form, it's not an act of selfishness. It's really an act of self-care. And the way that you know the difference between whether it's selfishness or self-care is directly related to what comes from you and if it's aligned with the word of God. A lot of times people look at selfishness as self-seeking, right? It's manipulative. It's all about I'm doing this for what I can get from you. But self-care is I'm doing this so that I can give to you. So I think when you look at it from that lens, it changes the perspective on the difference between self-love and self-care. It's not selfish. It's actually the highest form of self uh, health that you can have. And so what are some of the practices that you believe that some of that someone should start with self-care so that they can understand what their purpose is? Because, again, we can go to God. But Mm -hmm. if you're not taking care of yourself, something that I personally understand is you can't even hear from him. Yeah. You can do all the praying in the world that you Mm -hmm. want to do. But if you're if you have so overwhelmed and anxious and depressed, how can you hear from God? Come on, come on, preach, Nikki. <laughs> I know I like that name. <laughs> I know, right? That's real. That's absolutely real. And so, um, as we mentioned at the top of the show, my undergrad studies are in uh, counseling, and I did undergrad in, in um, psychology. And what I realized, I remember I had a professor say that everybody who has a high touch point with humans, whether you are a police officer, a doctor, a preacher, a teacher, everyone. They said they completely advocate at least once a month going to see a therapist. And mm-hmm. for the church for a long time, we're like, uh-uh, the Lord, uh-uh, God, bear, burden bearer, heavy mm-hmm. load share. He's all of those things. Yeah. I promise you he is. But he also has put practical tools in place, just like if we are physically sick. A lot of times people have like this whole notion of, you know, God heals. He absolutely does heals. He heals through physicians, too. Come on. So now. I think when it comes to psychologically speaking, we have to really look at our therapy sect. Like he heals through us practically going about it. But for some reason, we've had the notion of, oh, that there's this whiffle, hiffle, spin around three times and everything's going to be all right. But what if it's both and? What if it's not either or, but both and? What if it's the laying on the hands you shall recover, but also go and talk to somebody about that trauma when you were five? You know what I mean? What if it's also, hey, you know what? God is going to heal that that cancer, but also go to chemo. What if that's the method that he's using to heal it? I've seen God do. Talk about it. So because I've seen God do both and I know him to be a healer in every space and because he's the creator of all people and all things, I trust that he can heal me through supernatural and he can also heal me through going to my doctor. You better come on talking about, you know, that term about shooting up the place. <laughs> you know, I mean, you have destroyed a lot of myths when it comes to our beliefs and when it comes to people trying to apply things to their life and, you know, putting it together, you know, growing up, that was unheard of. Mm -hmm. That's not what it is. You just need to pray and fast and you're healed. Mm -hmm. But I know I need medication. I'm about to die a slow death. Are you kidding me? So it's, it's, you know, just having that conversation and being honest with ourselves about putting those things together. A lot of those, a lot of the times we talk about, 
the stuff that we're doing for self-care. Um, but missing the point of, okay, my cup is empty and I'm trying to fill it up. Absolutely. But they're missing that spiritual component of it as well. Mm-hmm. So one of my questions is, and this is just for me, I'm, this is just all for me guys. I'm just saying. So <laughs> for the past two weeks, I have been in consecration and I have been focusing on some things, praying, fasting, you know, doing what I typically do. But in the midst of that, for me, this is, you know, my self-care. But God is also pouring all these different ideas into my mind. And at the same time, I'm just like, and I spoke to Antoinette about it briefly. It's like, wait a minute. I was I, re- I was really trying to get a, a break from that, <laughs> not thinking, but just relaxing a little bit. And I can't turn my mind off. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to situations like that, where you know what you need to do for Mm self-care and you know, you're trying to get that rest, but then God continues to pour other things into you. And now you're creating additional ideas and things that you want to fulfill. How do you recommend balancing that out? I know I have the tools. I know I'm doing the right thing. It's just a matter of just letting it simmer for a little bit before I jump into things. Yeah, yeah. I think all of us who are creators and givers, I don't know about y'all, I'll be sitting there and God will give me a word, my instant go, oh, I want to type this up. Because you're so, when you love God, right, and you love what you do, you're so full and you want to just like give up your abundance. And there's nothing wrong with that. But so for me, I've had to, it's funny you mentioned this, Olivia, because I've actually had to practice that muscle of not wanting to. I'm evangelical by nature, so not evangelical in the traditional sense, but many want to tell it. So mm-hmm. as soon as something happens, I'm like, oh, let me tell you what God did. But I do that with everything. I'll be like, girl, Sephora got this new face mask. It's amazing. Like <laughs> everything. I want to tell people what is good because I want you to feel like I feel about it. And I want you to have a pleasurable experience. But what I've had to do is very practically, like in, in uh, working out, any muscle needs to be exercised, right? Yeah. Yeah. I literally have to exercise that muscle of, wait a minute, sit with it, Nikki be still like very practically, like literally stealing and quieting the voices. And it's hard, y'all. I, I'm not going to act like I got it all together, child. It is hard. I'll be in bed. struggle. Especially when you very. think a lot. But also what I've learned too, psychologically speaking, those of us who process thought at a fast rate, you process thought at a fast rate. So you talk fast, your mind's always going, those kind of things. And when you're laying down at night, even when you want to turn it off, you know how sometimes it'd be like, girl, I'll be thinking about all kinds of stuff. You got 50,000 tabs open, right? I've come to realize that in those moments, if I trace back what I did right before I went to sleep, it is heavily affected by how I process thought. So I've had to cut out caffeine in my diet because Mm. studies show that caffeine leads to anxiety and I don't want to wrestle with anxiety. I've had to cut out like literally um, doing electronics right before I get there. And I'm not saying it's easy, but I'm saying it has greatly reduced. Like I used to make up in the middle of the night, just like, okay, let me write this down because the chemical stuff will cause you to have a reaction, even in the spirit. And people don't recognize that. I remember, so I'm a woman of a certain age, right? (laughs) And I remember Um, Quite transparently. So I believe in purity. I champion purity. I have maintained purity by the grace of God my whole life. So I remember when I was in my 20s, easy, none. I'm like, not easy from the standpoint of I ain't never been tempted, but like, all right, God, you got me. It's me and you. When I hit a point where hormones started to change. And chemicals started change inside. Can we, can we, is this, can we be real? Come on, yeah. be real. Please, please, be real. Please, be real. Please. Started to change. All of a sudden I found like it was a, 
I was knocking against it a bit harder. And I was like, God, why is, and my mind would drift. I'm like, oh Lord, keep me to the cross. Why am I having these thoughts that I wasn't wrestling with at 21? And then I started to do my due diligence because I believe in spirituality and practicality, right? And I realized your hormones change. So I'm sitting here thinking, maybe it's just uh, my lazy way of thinking. No, sis, your hormones changing. So in addition to praying against that thing, you also have to make sure that how you eat changes along with your hormones. Wow. Wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. Can you just please say that again? So changing the way we eat. So, and I learned this. So I remember, um, I had to be like 33, 34, somewhere in there. And my, I've never had that wrestled with like acne. I've never wrestled that. And one Mm -hmm. moment, I just started having acne on my face on a random. And I was like, Lord, what's going on? But I knew it wasn't normal for my life. So mm-hmm. I literally went to a dermatologist. They gave me a topical treatment mm-hmm. that burned my skin up because of the symptom, not the mm-hmm. sickness, right? And I remember I was like, and I can honestly say this, and it's a blessing and a curse, but there has never been a condition. Thank God I don't have any major sickness, illness, or disease, but there's never been a condition that the Holy Spirit didn't warn me about before it happened. Wow. In the history that is so true. So, literally, it really is, isn't it? It's crazy. So even when it comes to diet, which is why me and God be wrestling with this extra 20, I'm trying to lose, but that's a whole other conversation. But I remember the Holy Spirit prompting me, was like, go and Google. I know that sounds super like practical, Uh right? I was like, okay, Google. And I started Googling face mapping. And I discovered why I kept breaking out around my jaw. And it was like, okay, this is hormonal. I was going through changes because I was in my mid-30s, headed to Mm. 40. And I remember thinking, okay, God, what do I do to reconcile this? I went to the doctor. They found nothing. Then I went to endocrinologist. They found out my thyroid was enlarged. Mm, I wasn't wow. large, it wasn't significant enough to put me on medication. Like my hair wasn't falling out. None of that. The only way that they could treat it is saying, hey, correct your diet. But here's the interesting thing. Before they said, correct your diet, I had already been doing things that I didn't know that mm-hmm. normal thyroid patients do. Wow. That's why it was such a mild trace when I met them. I had already mm-hmm. been doing celium. I had already cut out gluten. I had already been doing all the stuff they said to do. But what I realized in going to the doctor is that affected your hormones, which affected the way that I was processing sexual hormones, which was affecting the way I was processing emotional hormones. And I had Uh to get that in uh check. uh So, and I know we kind of going off the trail, but I'm bringing it back. So basically all that to say, when I finally narrowed down that that was affecting this, I was able to give myself some grace. And then I was able to target my prayers in addition to doing practical now. Because mm-hmm. you have to have that balance, right? Yes. So it was like, okay, Holy Spirit, I understand that this is a thing. My mind is racing. And I know you got all this vision and it's a good vision and you want me to get this thing out. But I also know there are environmental things. There are principalities. There are spirits. Uh-huh. There are wickedness that affect mm-hmm. our ability to navigate. Uh-huh. So God, help me to do this in a healthy way and help me to do it and not just curse myself. Because I think sometimes, and I know a lot of times, especially black women, we got it bad. Like if you tired, if you tired, I'm like, I must just be feeling lazy. Lord, help my laziness. So you might be fatigued because of what you ate. Well, yeah. mm, like, mm, I'm talking about yes. me. And me, I was like, oh, I just feel lazy. I don't want to work out. Well, no, nah, you ate them carbs and carbs make you feel sluggish. Nikki, you might need to back off. I backed off and I had my energy back. And meanwhile, I'm thinking it's in a caffeine drink. No, let's just change the diet. So for me, I've realized that targeting and focusing and quieting, it really has a lot, not all, but a lot to do with what I ingest and what I allow in my environment. Mm-hmm. So yeah. making sure I can control that. And then also the Holy Spirit is so wise, y'all. 
so nice, so kind, such a gentleman, right? Yeah. When he's giving us revelation and information, that's the time to, to pin it. But there are also some times where it's our mind just going. Yeah. And yeah. God is not going to be like, oh, you, you missed your five o'clock window. It's 530 now. I ain't got the revelation for you no more. <laughs> no, he still has purpose in your life. He still yeah. has time and he knows mm-hmm. what we're wrestling with. So I firmly believe that when God is giving us revelation, there's nothing wrong with pinning it and writing it down. But I've had to ask myself, is it always a revelation, a revelatory word from God, a rhema? Or mm-hmm. am I excited about what he told me at five o'clock and asked mm-hmm. I don't want to just hurry up and get it out. Mm-hmm. You have to try to discern the voice between our internal mm-hmm. dialogue and the voice of God. Yeah, yeah, that's that's just like so good. And as you were talking, um, Nikki Washington, just to distinguish between I, I and Nikki Washington. <laughs> I'm picking up a um, <laughs> Right. Um it 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 illuminated for me like the power or or the benefit of journaling. Again, we want to acknowledge what you said at the top of the conversation around you got to do what works best for you and not to take that away from anyone. However, the benefit of journaling allows you or affords you the opportunity to go back in and to see those patterns, right? And to see, okay, well, this day, you know, I ate mashed potatoes and and, and turkey and I went to bed at 6 p.m., right? When when the good itis, because we... We we come up with the words. <laughs> I let a word itis. <laughs> when the good itis kicks in, but that's like the benefit of of journaling. And when we think about the intersection of like self care and self examination, that's super important. So could you talk to us maybe just a little bit about like how self examination or reflection by way of journaling sure. can intersect with self care? Well, you know I'm a writer, so I love anything written word. Like I'm still that person that resists audible as opposed to like holding books and holding words in my hand. I'm just kind of old school that way. But I firmly believe that if if more of us had journals, then Twitter would be a safer place. That Instagram would be a safer place. You know what I'm saying? You know, speaking from experience and been there, done that. Like, I think sometimes people bleed on timelines. We bleed in pulpits. We bleed on our coworkers and we call it God or we call it just kind of getting it out. Or I got to, I firmly believe you don't have to keep it real and keep it wrong. It's not the same thing. Right. So for me, journaling is a safe place. Journal. I know the journal is not going to tell my business. The journal is not going to gossip about how, you know, I need to get it together. The journal is not going to tell me you still wrestling with that. You ain't over there by now. No, it's a safe place. And then also too, to your point, Antoinette, when it comes to really marking charters, I have this app. I don't know if you've heard before called Echo. It's a prayer app. Echo. Echo just says it. I love Echo, Olivia. Like literally, because like, especially with what I do right now, I like, use it all the time. Yes, and it'll have that little marker. So mm-hmm. the other day, it gave me a little note, and I hadn't updated my notes in probably like, oh, geez, like 10, 11 months. Like I was praying the same prayer, and then I was like, oh wait, let me go look at the details of these notes, and I realized almost everything on that prayer list from a year ago had come to pass, and I was like, Lord, mm-hmm. let me update this thing. But the thing is, I don't know. Being completely honest with myself, I don't know if I would have been that sober and I would have been that um, that observant at the answered prayers. Like we know when God answered big prayer, like mm-hmm. I got the house, hallelujah. I got the car, hallelujah. What about when I stopped waking up in the middle of the night and I had peace about that situation? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like what about when um, I was frustrated because my boss X, Y, and Z, and my boss ain't X, Y, and Z no more, but it was so small that I didn't pay attention. So for me, writing stuff down and journaling, prayer journals and all that stuff, it helps me to see that he's not only the God of the big, but the small. He's mm. not only the God of, hey, you got the house, you got the car, you got the spouse, you got the wealth. But he's also the God of like something as simple as the other day, um, I realized my foot stopped hurting because up until maybe like two months ago, for whatever reason, I was just having a random ache in my foot. And the Holy Spirit was like, yeah, you should start taking cinnamon. I ain't studied nothing about no cinnamon, y'all. I promise you. 
I promise you, I started taking like two tablets from cin of cinnamon that I got from Whole Foods, foot completely stopped aching. It was like a little thing that was, it wasn't unbearable. It wasn't painful. It was just annoying. But in the back of my mind, I was like, I don't like the way that feels. Literally had that marked and I could count that as a, as a, um, a testament. Like, wow, God, you healed that little small thing for me. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. I don't know what, I don't know if I just had a cramp and cinnamon uncramped it. I don't know if it was blood sugar. I have no idea. I have an appointment next month, by the way. All I know <laughs> is, because again, spirituality, practicality, hello. All I know is it reminds me when I write those things down, God answers the small and big. God has not forgotten me. Look when he did it there, he will do it again. So I'm a proponent, hands down, of journaling because I think it makes sense. Write the vision, make it plain. Yeah. You may read it or run yeah. thereby. Yeah. And I just want to add on everything we ask of God is small. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. big to us. To him. Is it big? You're right. Right. Mm -hmm. But everything, whether it be buying that house with the mm -hmm. 550 credit or just that, you know, that, that yeah. pain in your foot, mm -hmm. it's just all, it all, it's Absolutely. all miraculous for us. Absolutely. And I think that it's important for us to be able to be reflective and to acknowledge, because mm -hmm. I think yeah. oftentimes we get mired in the things that are not working. Yeah. Or the things that are not moving forward. Well, oftentimes if we take that opportunity to practice some self-care and be reflective mm -hmm. and journal, that we can actually start doing some yeah. of that self-actualization and start seeing, oh, well, I'm not as bad as I thought I was, or I'm not as far, you know, when that spirit of comparison tries to yeah. tries to like drop in and you're just like, mm, well, I'm not as as far back as I thought I was as in comparison to other people. Yeah, absolutely. So that's real, real good. Um, quick question. I just one thing. I just wanted to add something real quick, Antoinette. Mm -hmm. Um, just hearing everything that we're talking about in my devotion this past couple of weeks, God has been telling me to dig a little deeper. Mm -hmm. So, based upon what you were saying, you know, just in general, you know, you see wow. posts on Instagram and people are saying, you know, what are you grateful for? What are you thankful for? You know, be think about the small things that you did. And some people's like, well, I got out of bed this morning. I'm thankful for that. I made my bed today. You know, I'm grateful for that. Yeah. It seems very surface when there's all these other little things in their life that they neglect to say, mm -hmm. wait, that changed. And I didn't even acknowledge it. Just thinking about the pressure that could be lifted off of you if we dug a little bit deeper mm. when we're doing our self-care in regards to when, you know, the one task for you that week is just to make your bed. And reality is, yeah, you made your bed, but you actually got up and got out your house. That was the bigger step. Mm. So just everything that we're saying is just confirmation and just it's making me realize I need to change my outlook. Um mm on just those little things that I should be more grateful for um, and just realizing how I can change my approach. So yeah. thank you. And if I, if I could ask a question on that, um, Olivia, it, it makes me think about that. I think that when people say like, okay, today I made up my bed. Well, how long are we going to say that? Yes. <laughs> okay. You made up your bed for three weeks. Okay, so next yes. level, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. And so that, that's what I, it sounds like you're saying. And so you're right, we do get stuck in that. And so sometimes we get so complacent when God has mm. next levels for us that we're not able mm. to achieve because we're not taking the success in that level and then going to the next level. Sure. You know what I mean? And so when yeah. you make up your bed, okay, for a week, I made up my bed. God, what's next? Let's go to the next level. Like you said, I got out the house today. I drove to work today. You know, I think that we become so complacent.
complacent in one achievement that we don't understand there's so much more for us so much more mm. so that's yeah. so that was so yeah. good olivia that's, that's a good, good. Way. That's yeah. good. Yeah, we have to be very careful not to make a moment a monument. Yeah, sure. that was good. I like that. Wait a minute. That's real. Yes. Matt, you just, when you say we can't make a moment a monument, yep. I just heard Holy Spirit say to me, comfort, comfort is the cradle of unachievement. Mm. Mm. I like the Holy Spirit in your pen game. Is strong. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Say it again, Internet. Comfort again? is the cradle. I wrote it down. <laughs> Comfort is the cradle of unachievement. Mm. Mm. That's true. Wow. We become very comfortable, co complacent. Yeah. Mm. And we have Even so when, much in but us. But that has become the norm. It has. Especially mm. with in COVID, it's become the norm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And you I know, believe you get out of bed. And you're, you're you're working from home, but you're still mm -hmm. in your pajamas. Exactly. Like, one, remember we were talking about that. Like, you go to go, put on some clothes. Look at Nikki. Y'all can't okay. see her. Y'all can't see her. But she is a straight up movie star. I got a hoodie on, y'all. Don't do it. Don't do Whatever. it. <laughs> she got her hair. Out. She got makeup on. Fleet. I mean, she got a whole outfit on. I'm embarrassed. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad y'all can't see me. Get out of here. <laughs> out of here. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're absolutely right. We do get comfortable. We do. We and do. I find some people get comfortable uh, in relation to where they've come from. I have a, mm. a friend who spent um, 25 years working. They retired and literally were like, I, they were so tired from where they had just mm. the 25 years. They literally fell into a routine of comfort and they're trying to dig themselves out of it. Like literally watching TV, eating, not doing anything. She shares a testimony publicly so I can share it. But they basically mm. talked about like wa watching TV all day, just kind of doing the mundane. And we asked, we like, sis, what's going on that like literally we understand you enjoying retirement, but you don't want to do anything else. Yeah. Your life and she said, I'm so tired from the season of working that I just want to sit. But she was going extreme because sometimes we can be people from extremes or people of extremes. And she's going extreme to where lately she wouldn't do anything because of what she experienced. So I think a lot of people, to your point about self-care, if we had more balanced lives before the pandemic, then we wouldn't feel the need of when we work from home to be like, oh, I can kind of just you still have that balance. But I think it has a lot to do with how you run the race and the pace you run it the whole way. But a lot of people are sprinting, stop, sprinting, stop. So that's why you have this whole low love. I'm just going to be comfortable in it. Because they've been sprinting too much. There's yeah. balance. The unbalanced life is an abomination. I think yeah. there's a middle ground that we need to ride. Yeah. And as as we close out, um, Nikki Washington, what is what does that balanced life look like? What is that internal dialogue? What are the practices that we are doing for that balanced um, life? That's a great question. I think uh, for me, what I had to realize early on, um, I remember. So I used to sing on a worship team at a very large church in Atlanta, right? And I love God and I love his people and I love the church. And I believe that the church should not be thrown away. Maybe there needs to be reformation, but not abandonment. Right. I love the church. And so um, I would go and serve. I worked in ministry for years. Um, it was a very, like I said, a very large church, 10,000 person church. I was on the worship team. I was the head of the singles ministry. I was helping the youth ministry like I was there because I loved it. And so I remember at one point in time we were doing four services on Sunday. So we travel between locations to sing and do and. Finally, I was at rehearsal and there was this deacon there. Uh, he married him and his wife. His wife was in the audience. He was standing there and I, um, they asked a volunteer to do something. And I was like, oh, I got it. I can do it. And he looked at me, he said, sis, he said, if you always at the church, you're going to be living with cats with you. 
He was just straight up with me. He was like, you got to do something about this. He was like, you always hear kind of like that Friday joke. How come every time I'm in the kitchen, you in the kitchen? Like, which is very baseline. But what I realized in that is that I, you can love God and have right intentions, but even in your service, be imbalanced. Even mm. in your, I know that's not popular. I know the saints going to be like, pew, pew, pew. I mean, they're going to come for me. I got scripture. But what I'm saying is, I really think that to all things, there is a balanced life. So serving, there's balance in serving. There's balance in how we work. For those who are workaholics and, and strive, I, I wrestled with quite transparently early on, maybe like my late 20s, I wrestled a lot with um, performance, not performance from the sake of like, yeah, not that kind of performance, like literally just doing because I felt like it was my penance to pay to God. Like I'm going to do God because I want to show you I love you. I show you I'm sincere. So I'm going to show up and do this. I'm going to show up and do that. I'm going to help cook the greens for the church picnic. Like I'm doing all this stuff. And I realized there was no balance in that. So to everything in life, to everything is balanced. So practically what that looks like for me is when I, when I do my service in ministry, I still serve because I believe in serving when you join a body of a church. I don't believe it. that's just my personal practice. So when I join a body of church, I pray, God, where would you have me to serve? Help me to, to overextend above beyond what you feel is reasonable, because I think a lot of times we get fatigued when we're doing stuff that God never said do. When mm-hmm. we're serving just because I'm gifted in it, it doesn't mean God wants me to do it in that moment. Mm-hmm. Just because I'm gifted in it doesn't mean God wants me to do it in that moment, because I had to learn that. Y'all. There was a lot of things, particularly when it came to doing youth ministry. I would go and speak to the kids about purity and speak to the kids about this and third. And I was given and they were being blessed. But I was depleted. Well, it, that was the season that I was supposed to be doing women's ministry. And I had to get it on the back end. Like, oh, OK, God, you wanted me to be over here. But I was over here, 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 here and here. So practically, God, how would you like me to balance the way I serve? God, how would you like me to balance the way that I work? There are some seasons in life. I was telling someone because they were like, Nikki, you working a lot on the road. I said, yeah. I said, but it won't be this way always. There's balance to it. So balance is not just what does my work week look like. Balance is what does my life look like? There might be seasons where you have literally 10 months ago and you do nothing but go, 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 go. go. But then when you look at the whole of your 80-year life, it was one 10-month period. That's not how you live your whole life. So balance is not just... Like there's some, and as particularly as parents, I'm sure many of y'all know there are some times where your kids gonna get all the attention. There's sometimes you like, look, I got this report due at work. I can't give it to you right now. It doesn't mm-hmm. make you a bad mom. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you have an unbalanced life. We grade on the sum total of what's going on. Mm-hmm. That's a snapshot of how your week looks. So for me, balance looks like, okay, God, is this a moment? Is this my season? Help me balance it all in the middle. So what? So whether it's like my my goal time right now with my job, I know in a month or two months or three months it won't look this way, and it'll look completely different. It might be a quiet season where I'm living off of what I preserve, the lean. It might be a moment where I'm literally like, okay, I am serving in church, and then at the back end, okay, this is what it looks like. This is the pan out of it. So I, for me, I take everything that I'm committed to, and I put it very practically on paper, wow. and I ask God, what is you and what is not. There are some things. I'm one of those people just by nature. I'm very like, if if I tell you I'm going to do something, unless it's an act of God or Congress, I'm going to do what I said I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. I, I, my word means that much to me because I don't want anybody to ever feel like they can't count on me. Right. But there are times in this season where I've had to say, hey, I know that you want my help. I know I have the skill set to help you in this area, but I just don't have the, the time to give it to you like I want to. There are projects that people have asked me to be a part of. There are ministries and the ministry went on thrive. It's blown up. And on the back and I'm like, oh, we could have been a part of something great. God still got it for me. I just can't give that this season. God has me doing X, Y and Z. For me, I take all my commitments on a paper. God, this is what I have. What's you? What's not? 
Yeah, yeah. Show me how to live out the balance. I might not be able to do everything, and God might not be calling me to do everything just to be in that moment. I'll give you this last thing. I remember I was listening to a. Uh, Robert Morris, he's the pastor of Gateway. And he was talking about, uh, um, in Dallas, yeah, huge church, beautiful um, beautiful people there. He was talking about um, how he was in a prayer circle. And he said in the prayer circle, um, there was a couple talking about how they had a need of like $10,000 or something like that. And he said immediately, he was like, I just write a check. Why? Because he had the ability to do it. Mm-hmm. So he wrote a check and he felt proud. He said he had his chest out and he went back to his car and was like, yeah, I got this. And he said when he got to his car, the Holy Spirit convicted him. He was like, I just did something great. I gave him a $10,000 check. He said, you robbed other people in that circle the opportunity to give because it was going to come from somebody else. I think oftentimes with our gifts, especially when we're multi-hyphenates, if we try to do everything and God hasn't said it, we rob other people the opportunity to show up as their best selves in that moment and to really flourish in their gifts. Not that God, what God has for us is for us. We know that to be true. But there are moments and there are seasons and spaces and time where literally you can have the gift. You can be in the room. You can be in the space. It doesn't mean you're the only person in that space with that gift. And it doesn't mean that God is the only one talking to you about that gift. He could be trying to pull someone else up. So I have to ask myself all those questions. And what I've discovered is someone's uh, life is not hinging upon Nikki's ability to show up. Jesus died so that I don't have to. And he will send conduit if you don't do what he told you to do. Or if it's not your season, like God is, he is ample supply. He's God, right? He has ample supply of people, of resources, of conduits. So I don't want to ever think I'm so great. That if God is telling me to sit down, well, God, how can it ever be done? And I think a lot of times women feel this way when it comes to relationships. God, if I don't help him, how is he going to make it? If I don't show up for him, how is he? Oh, no, if y'all broke up, God got something else. He'll, he'll bring someone else to show him how to do it. I promise you, he ain't going to leave. But he loves him just like he loves you. You'll be all right. So, so well, I know we're about to close, but what I'm about to tell you is I'm mad right now that your name is Nikki because you convicted me. Oh, you beat me all the way up. Yes. I be, no, it, Nikki, I am first partaker. Nikki, Nikki, I'm like, what? How you know all my business? <laughs> I, I am first partaker. I speak from experience. Oh, I have been there and tried to be the yeah. savior of yeah. all. Yeah. Girl, what was that word? Like, I what got was, convicted. Jesus. What was that word? Multi hypha. What? Yeah, multi hyphenate. It's those of us who are who are gifted or called for multiple things. So like, you're an author. You're a speaker. You're a preacher. You're a you know. It's, it's kind of hard because your attention gets split and you're like, OK, well, God, what do you want me to do first? But God, I just really feel like um, he's a perfect gentleman and he knows how to direct us. And we're wrestling with the attention deficit disorder of social media <laughs> in there, too. If we're honest, if okay. we're honest. OK, y'all, really. you got to you got to come back, Nikki, because you I mean, <laughs> we need about two hours. Guns blazing. Y'all got to have a. Get your bulletproof vest on. She no. came in guns blazing. All right, audience, here we go. Three things I'm going to leave you with. Reformation is not abandonment. Okay? I would like you to plead, or not I, we are asking you, stop bleeding on your timeline, please. Uh, Keep it real, okay? <laughs> Maybe you need to take to journaling. And then um, embrace the practical with the spiritual. Remember, where you are today is a snapshot. It is not the sum total of who you are. Thanks for Antoinette, listening. Antoinette, oh. um, Nikki, can you give us all of your social media information? Oh, yes, yes, yes. You can connect with me on any social media outlet. I actually just reactivated my page today so we can make sure we get everything okay. out for y'all. But okay. it's Nick, N-I-K-K, Washington, at wherever you're logged on. 
um, Twitter. I don't really use that much. Instagram is probably the most frequently used. Snapchat, okay. Facebook, holla at your girl. I'll make sure to add you. We'll get books? all that going. Any books or anything? So I am actually working on my next book. So it's, okay. it's forthcoming. It should be out by April. I'm excited about it. It really is about, um, well, I'll give y'all bits and pieces, but it's in, in essence about uh, dismantling the myth of the strong friend. Okay. Oh, I love it. So um, when that book comes out, we having you back on the show, right? Oh, I would love to. I would okay, love to. Okay. But Definitely. thank you. Thank you so much for coming. Thank y'all for having me. I felt like I feel like I was talking too much, but y'all feel like my homegirls from around the way. <laughs> nah, this was good. Remember, Jesus died, so we don't have to. Y'all have a good one.